0: you are now listening to I Am Vibrant, the podcast that helps you reboot your brain and reprogram your subconscious mind to feel good on purpose and create a life you love. Warning, miracles may occur. Let's join today's episode. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the I Am Vibrant podcast. This is your host, Leah Lund, and I'm excited to be here with you today and to be talking about playing the long game. And what I mean by that is playing the long game of life, setting yourself up for a life of longevity and equally as important, a life of fulfillment and joy and and a life that's meaningful to you. These are not mutually exclusive, um, and neither one are guaranteed. And so today I'm going to be sharing some insight for both. And I'm coming off of two life events. One is a shared life event. Well, they're both shared life events, actually, that have really put this um, into such great perspective for me that I wanted to share it here with you, the I Am Vibrant audience. So first, let's talk about longevity. So longevity um, can also be defined as super agers. Now, super agers are thought to be anybody who's in their 80s and above, um, and they're still very capable. They still have their mental capacities, much of their physical capacity. They're still living life fully uh, in the 80s, 90s, and even decades beyond that. And there's a lot of different resources that have started to study this. For example, the American Association for the Advancement of Science did something called the 90 plus study. We also know that Harvard Health has done their study of the blue zones, the places where that have the most centurions and uh, the longest Lifespans, and those are just to name a few. Bradford Dickerson, a neurologist also at Harvard, um, has done a lot of studying of super agers as well. And there's many, many more. So, I'm really sharing from what is a growing body of work in terms of what are the things that all super agers do, because that's what we want to be doing, right? Is whatever they're doing, we want to be doing it. And so, um, what, what are they doing? So um, starting out, let's talk about something that's very consistent across any study of superagers, and that is social interaction. People who lived longer seem to have a good social life and a lot of close relationships, meaningful relationships. They're connected with their family, their tribe, their friends, um, lots and lots of social interaction. They also believe in moderation. Now, it's interesting when it comes to diet, there's different diets that super agers are on, but one thing is consistent across the board with all of them, and that's moderation of things, especially like alcohol or caffeine or sugar or, or you know things that we know already are not great for our health. They moderate those things. Super agers across the board also get regular exercise, and they're not overweight, and they're not underweight. So they're not overweight at all, and really, we can be close to our weight that we were at, say, at 20 years old, and that's a good, healthy weight for most people, but they are exercising enough that they have muscle tone as well. They're not frail, and they're they're not underweight. They're not malnourished. Um, Super-agers are also found to take every opportunity to be in a natural movement, as opposed to only doing the gym and things like that. So in other words, they walk a lot, they garden in tribal areas, they're they're herders, they're farmers still farming by hand, but they take opportunities for natural movement. They belong to faith-based communities of some kind. So it's not necessarily the same religion or the same type of practices, but there is some element of acknowledging higher power and regularly being part of a community that gathers together for that purpose. Superagers also take naps. And they find other ways to downshift daily. So whether it's meditation, whether it's just time sitting on a porch, chatting with a neighbor, but they downshift. They don't stay oversensitized, hyper-aroused brains. They downshift and enjoy the simple things of life. Super-agers also don't overeat which speaks to the weight, but also specifically don't eat after sunset. So they practice that. We could call it a fast, um, but we don't have to. We could just also say we stop, they stop eating around sunset and they don't eat again until breakfast. And super agers have a sense of purpose and a, a, a purpose to their life and a purpose to continue living and they keep their stress levels low. So that was 10 things that super agers do. Now the blue zones um, do list plant diet, but other studies have shown that very few 90 plus agers uh, have maintained a vegetarian diet. So it's more about including plants, making sure plants are two thirds, if not more of what you eat, including them, uh, and not specific to a vegetarian diet. Other signs in other studies across the board about super agers are that they embrace mental challenges. So doing crossword puzzles, Sudoku, my dad loves Sudoku, or calculating their own taxes or um, volunteering, but anything to stay mentally active um, and using some technology and also creative, writing poetry, uh, learning a musical instrument, Uh, Doing, creating intricate origami sculptures, anything that is a mental challenge and and a variety of mental challenge, not just the same thing that they've done their whole life. They they continually take on new super aging uh, activities, mental capacity building and mental challenges. They also have increased their exercise capacity. So not only do super agers exercise, but they continually increase. They don't let their body get stagnant because our body will get stagnant if we do the exact same movement over and over and we don't increase our heart rate. Um, It's why you could walk on a treadmill. If you've been walking three miles on a treadmill, you could start to read a book and watch TV and hardly not even be there anymore because your body is so accustomed to that exact pattern. But if you then say, okay, now I'm going to run every a half a mile, every other half a mile or something like that, you switch it up. That's when your body continues to get a good cardio workout. Super agers are okay and prepared with being frustrated, meaning they have patience, they have perseverance, they don't let little stuff throw them. So the internet comes up with something new. They just accept that it's part of life and part of learning it and, um, you know, if a, if a software needs an update, they allow the update, and then they learn the new system, and, and they don't get frustrated because they have this ability and, and intention, really, to ha- be patient and to persevere. Superagers also don't let their age deter them. They don't stop just because. They still try things. And a couple of great examples, for example, Grandma Moses didn't start painting until she was 78. Louise Hay didn't start Hay House until she was in her 60s. Ruth Bader Ginsburg began working with a personal trainer at age 68 following her treatment for colon cancer. So they never let age be the reason that they don't try something. Maybe they modify it a little. They always start where they are, which I suggest for everyone, but they don't let the number deter them just as it is Um, and again they are with groups so a lot of times their activity even their mental challenges maybe they play chess uh, maybe they do tai chi it's often in a group Hi, this is Leah Lund. Join me February 1st and 2nd, 2020 in beautiful Palm Springs, California for the I Am Vibrant Girls Weekend Getaway. You'll learn to detox anything in your life that brings you down or gets in your way so that you can be the powerful creator of your own life. Full details are available at www.onewholehealth.com forward slash Vibrant Girls Weekend. So these are all things that super agers are doing, and I definitely highly recommend all of these. And I had a chance just this past weekend to be with a super ager, and that is my husband's great uncle. My husband's great uncle Glenn turned 100. Actually we had the birthday party two years ago, so today as I record this is his official 100th birthday. And although he was um, not able to carry on a large amount of conversation, he's in a wheelchair. Um, But there was no doubt as I watched him, and I'd never met him before, there's no doubt that he was sharp and aware of everything that was going on. In fact, I watched as one of his um, nephews, I think it was. I was getting the whole family straight because I'd not met most of them prior, Um, but but another male in the family came up and and told him he looked for a, a birthday card for him that said 100 but he couldn't find one so he got him 250s 250th birthday cards and i watched uncle glenn get that joke immediately and laugh and giggle so he's very sharp for the age of 100 And my husband and I were talking about it after the party about what do you think his secrets to living to a hundred were. And I was listening and paying attention to every conversation, every person that went up and talked to him as limited as the conversation was, they were sharing things that they remembered about him always doing. And my husband and I came up with three, three reasons that we believe uncle Glenn has made age 100. And one is that he was an entrepreneur. And I teach this all the time to my clients, to my listeners, to my followers, that when you're an entrepreneur, when you have your own sense of accomplishment is really what it is. So when you have your own thing, you are not um, simply creating somebody else's dream. You have your own dream and accomplishment. And it's different from corporate work. And it's different even from parenting. It's your mark that you've made on the world. It's your place where you have, have, expended your energy, circulated your energy and given your gift and your talent and your insight to the world in some way. And that can be entrepreneurship. It, it could also be an nonprofit profit mission or something like that. It's not about the money, although Uncle Glenn did really well and owned eight locations of his um, meat market business and did financially very well with it. But what I think had him live to 100 is the fact that he expressed himself. He lived his life on his terms. He didn't spend it in an office working by somebody else's rules. He was out there giving of his gifts and talents and creating something that he could put his stamp on and say, that was my accomplishment. That was the thing that I did. And I think that is essential to being excited about our lives and therefore it lends to longevity. He also, something else that what, that we heard about him while we were there is that he wanted to make 100. He had set his goal at least 20 years ago that he was going to make 100. That is something to focus on and something to look forward to. And that's the second reason I think he's lived to 100 is because he had a forward thinking perspective. He had a goal and he had something he was working toward and something that he was looking forward to all the time. And the third thing that I think contributed to Uncle Glenn's longevity is he built himself a house up on a high hill um, in, in the foothills in Southern California. So he chose a place very much up with a gorgeous view and still, even to this day, somewhat out in nature, even though, of course, um, it's much, much, much more developed than when he built that house. But that daily communing with nature, the aesthetic beauty of living in nature and on a hill where you could gaze across the land, I believe, as does my husband, that that contributed to Uncle Glenn's longevity. And who knows how long he'll keep going because he certainly didn't show any stops, any signs of stopping or slowing down whatsoever. Now, this happens to be a week um, that I'm recording. It won't be the week that this airs, but the week I'm recording this is also um, the day after we lost Kobe Bryant at age 41 and two or three, uh, the details are still coming out, 13-year-olds in a helicopter crash. And when something like that happens, we're focused on longevity and yet we know there's no guarantees and here you watch and witness someone losing their life at such young tender ages with so much vibrancy and 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 talent and gifts left to offer and give into our world and there's no there's no way to understand something like that but there is a way to take the message out of it and the message out of it is equal importance to longevity living a long life, is living a good, fulfilling life, however long you have, because we are not guaranteed any single day. Every day is a gift. So live this day like it's your last. Don't delay in living on your terms. Don't put up for one single minute living somebody else's life. Even if it's your own children, don't put your life on hold support theirs so much so that you're not living an authentic life to yourself thinking that you'll you'll do that after they're out of the house or you'll do that when and and i hear this from women so often um not just about kids but about other things oh yeah i'm going to take care of that when i'm going to work three more years in this job that i don't necessarily like but it's great money and then you know then i'll be able to retire and and live my life my way you don't know that There's no guarantee. So live it like it's your last day and live life on your own terms and stop delaying putting anything in place that's important to you or you might not get the chance. Don't spend your time, your precious, precious time. Don't spend it on doing things that don't matter to you. And this is really core to what I teach and coach here at One Whole Health. It is important for a quality life for a fulfilling life even if it's short for a filling life fulfilling life no matter how much time we have you have to expand your emotional capacity and you have to reprogram your subconscious conditioning because those two things limit us so much if you have little emotional capacity if you stop every time you get scared for example or if you get upset and frustrated and then you just retreat into a corner you will limit yourself and your life so much, and you won't be able to live that life on your terms that is most meaningful to you. Likewise, if you're caught in, we all have subconscious programming that was imprinted in us on a subconscious level at a young, young age. And if you stay stuck in that, you will live a Groundhog Day life. You will live a life like a hamster in a wheel, just repeating the same things, stopping in the same places. And what I really want, if you take nothing else away from this podcast today, know that those things can be changed. That's what I help women do every single day. That's what I've done for myself for decades now. And what I will continue to do is continually expand myself, grow emotional capacity, and rewrite programming that doesn't serve. And you can do that way as well. And that is how you live on your terms. That's really playing the long game. And the one last thing that I'm going to say about playing the long game is that life is a long time. For the most part, for most of us, life is a very long time. So never judge the quality of your life on a single instance and don't make it mean anything about you. So if you make a mistake or maybe you've had a failure in your past, it doesn't define you. Don't attach meaning to it. Don't let it mean any anything about what's possible and what's not. And don't make it mean anything about you. I love an expression that my mother has. She, she frequently will say, well, I guess in a in hundred years, it won't matter. And she says it even about, um, she has the wet macular degeneration and she gets needles stuck in her eye, literally. And that sounds like about the most horrible thing that I can imagine. And even about something like that, she says, well, I guess in a hundred years, it won't matter. And that means she's not defining herself by that. That is simply an experience in life like other experiences. So letting go of judgment of yourself or others, letting go of getting discouraged, allowing yourself the grace that you can make mistakes. And then in the very next moment, you can choose again. I call that the choose over. You can choose again and you can play the long game. I hope this has been inspirational for you, and I look forward to your comments on this. And I'll leave you with one thing, and that is the definition of success is really to feel good, to enjoy your time, to have what you want when you want it. It doesn't have to follow anybody else's definition. It's really a self determined definition, and it's one that you can have if you stay focused on the long game and on fulfillment in every current moment. And remember, you don't have a life. You are life, and that is precious. So I invite you to live it to its fullest every single day, and may you have 100 years or more of those days. Thanks for listening. This has been Leah Lund on the I Am Vibrant podcast. You've been listening to I Am Vibrant, the podcast that helps you reboot your brain and reprogram your subconscious mind to feel good on purpose and create a life you love.